Welcome to Reframing Our Stories. This podcast is dedicated to deconstructing the stories we've been told about who we are and how we're supposed to be. I'm your host, Kara Houck. For those of you in Northern California and are searching for a great home, this is for you. We'd like to thank the Poindexter Real Estate Group, our local sponsor for this episode of Reframing Our Stories, the podcast. The Poindexter Real Estate Group recognizes the importance of open conversations at home. Erica can be reached at 530-333-7207. Again, 530-333-7207. Now back to the show. I met Andrea through social media. We were a part of a private Facebook group together. We liked each other's posts every now and then and even messaged one another from time to time. I knew Andrea was a photographer and it later occurred to me that she did boudoir photography. This piqued my interest. This was something I was always curious about. Could I ever do boudoir? I know that I appreciate burlesque dancing, so I thought that boudoir would be similar in terms of artistic expression. After chatting back and forth for a couple of years, I decided that I indeed wanted to try a session with her. I did the session for myself for my 40th birthday, and I need to tell you, it was one of the best experiences that I've had. And it was mostly because of who Andrea is. She made me feel like an absolute queen and made every part of me feel valued and cared for. She changed me that day, and I know her services change many women. She deeply cares for how women see themselves, and that is evident in the way she runs her business and how she treats her clients. Andrea, I am so happy that I get to talk to you today. Thank you for being here. I am so, (laughs) so happy that I get to be here today. And it's so funny, like, Hearing you say that, I hope you know, like, the warm fuzzies that it gives me, but uh, I'm just like, yeah, the mission is working. It It is working. It's working, I think, extremely well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to have me. Yes. Well, I think it's important because, you know, it's one of those things... When people hear boudoir, they think lots of different things, right? And for me too, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, is this something that I can do? But for me, the choice deciding to do that, to call you and say, okay, I'm going to do this was because one, I was turning 40. (laughs) I just thought I need to do this. And two, really it was for me. Like everyone's like, did you do this for your partner? And I was like, you know, I did it for me. And I did it for a number of reasons. And it was because one, I'm, I am still not okay exactly with how my body is as growing up as a dancer and then not having that dancer body anymore. Um, and learning that it might not change as I keep working on it. And so learning how to love myself as is was big for me. And two, I also feel like I've never gotten to really explore and be okay with who I am as a woman and a sexual being. You know, to claim that sense of sexuality and sensualness for myself. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's always been dictated for me and I had to claim it for myself, you know? Yeah, yes, absolutely. And it's, um, I think that, I think that that is something that a lot of women experience, um, Mm -hmm. especially kind of within our generational period, um, there were just, there was a lot of messaging that was pumped into our understanding of what a woman is and what she should be Mm -hmm. and what is expected of her. And as we've moved into this modern, modern day of age, we've realized that a lot of those constructs don't really make sense. Mm-hmm. And there's been this like almost integral breakdown of these ideas that have had to take place. And that's one of the reasons I love boudoir for mm-hmm. what it is, is uh, it's because it does so much work in breaking down those constructs. 
in a way that like is completely unexpected because no one would think like me going and getting undressed and having like pictures in my skivvies is yeah. going to be <laughs> this incredible um, experience where you have the possibility of, of engaging in an actual paradigm shift. Yes. But that's exactly what happens with it. 100%. It is amazing <laughs> in that way. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wish I could just let people know because uh, I, after I did that session with you, I walked away with a sense of power that I had never quite experienced before in my life. And really, I mean, it's something where I actually go back to look at the pictures to remind myself because after you're away from it for a while, like sometimes those old voices obviously still come back. And so I actually go back to the pictures and I'm, and I remind myself, like, think about how you felt that day. Think about how you feel now. It's just, I mean, it's so incredible because I, for me in that process, it was a reclaiming. It was a claiming of this is my body. It is my body. This is how I feel in my body. And I'm expressing um, the person who I am in these pictures for myself and for me only. Because I think so often as women too, we are told that we need to express, it's like all those different things, right? We need to express ourselves sexually for, you know, in the hetero world for the man. Um, But then also when we do these, when we do express that, then shame on you. Exactly. Yeah. It, if I had not watched as many women as I have go through the process that you went through and have it shift their mindset, if I hadn't seen that happen over and over and over again, I would never believe it. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Because it just, it's, it's such a far-fetched idea that seeing yourself in this light could be so, so soul shaking. Um, but I, I tell my clients all the time that these photos are visual affirmations Mm -hmm. and we use affirmations, um, for a number of other things within our lives. It's usually, it's typically a, um, you know, a really fundamental aspect of, um, you know, healthy, brain science is to make sure that you are speaking affirmations to yourself so that your brain has the ability to connect to pathways that, um, you know, produce and promote good Mm self-esteem. And these photos literally act as a tangible affirmation where you can go back and you can re-experience the emotions and the feelings that you had that day Mm -hmm. and really um, just tap into the power that happens within that time frame, And I love that about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's the whole thing too. Like with the, how you said with the brain and the mind shift, you know, I wake up every day and say these different mantras to myself to help my, to help myself retrain how to think about, you know, tell myself a different story of how I see myself. And yes. I think as women, we have to daily, tell ourselves new stories around our bodies and to see them in a new light and to see them for, you know, the majesty. Is that the right word that I want to say? I don't know. I don't know, correct. but that's a good word for it. I right. would absolutely use that one. That is fantastic. So, and I don't know, I just want, I want people to hear the process. So I'm going to talk about my process People need to know that I, first of all, texted um, Andrea so many times about being scared out of my ever-loving mind. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. There's times- and you're when, not abnormal. Right? You're I'm not sure. abnormal in that. <laughs> and there was moments where I decided, you know, I wanted to find some- lingerie that I felt good in. And people need to realize this, first of all, that the lingerie business <laughs> it is terrible. Is not okay. Like the the way that they size things is comical in my opinion. It is 
I swear to you, the one, the one business, the one specific like type of clothing presented to women where we are not subject to vanity sizing. And what a choice. Like of all things that you could choose, you chose our underwear, like our sexy things. I know. Uh, to be a size smaller than we typically wear in everything else. And I want to say two sizes smaller. I, it was, yes, I was like, yes. what, what, I mean, it was funny. Like it was just, there was times where I'm like, well, I just have to laugh this off because this is absolutely ridiculous. It but I did have is. moments of being in the dressing room and crying. I'm being like, you are crazy that you think that you're going to go and get pictures taken. Like, what are you doing? And then I was like, no. No, the whole process, Kara, is for you to feel good about yourself. And so I found pieces that made me feel good. And then when I went to um, the actual day of the appointment, first of all, Andrea was like, how are you doing? I'm so happy you're here. It's going to be great. She immediately sent me down, had the makeup lady start working on me, gave me something, a beverage, and we just started talking. And it was like all of us just united, the three of us, talking about being women. And it just immediately, you made me feel so comfortable. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a good day. It's I love just, that. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, there is, there is a sense of sisterhood that mm -hmm. I feel within the studio and, um, you know, one of the magical things about, I think, just energy in general is that it can occupy spaces. Oh, and sure. the energy within the studio is so beautiful that it's almost like once you get up the stairs and kind of walk into the space, it's almost like you are embraced with like this loving, hugging type yeah energy. And I think that that cannot be discounted. And it's so funny because I, I talk with women all the time about what they can expect the day of their session. Mm -hmm. And nobody believes me when I tell them like, it is basically a day of hanging out with your gal pals. Like yeah. <laughs> we try to keep it super lighthearted and, um, you know, just really embrace that whole sisterhood mentality and just embrace and hold space for the clients that we bring into, um, into the studio. So yeah. I love that you felt that. No, it was, it was like a big warm hug. You know, you walk in, and you're just, it's a gorgeous space. You've done a phenomenal job creating that space to just Thank make you. it. It's just beautiful. It's warming. And you really like, you feel regal. You walk in, you're like, yeah, shoot. I deserve this. I'm going yeah. to look amazing. I'm going to feel amazing. And it was just such a wonderful experience. And for me, as someone who is also a very spiritual person, it was a spiritual experience for me. Yes, It yes. was definitely spiritual. And I really felt though we're doing these, you know, sexy poses and different things for me, like it was a connection. And yeah. I don't think people maybe recognize that that could be a connection. I love that. Right. I so what, that. what exactly then made you get into this line of work? So it was completely by accident <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as most good things are. Yeah. Um, I actually, I was very uh, involved in the corporate world. Um, for over the last 10 years, I have worked in human resources in the corporate world. And um, I've always been kind of very evenly right and left brained. I am extremely like painfully logical sometimes. It's, it's not always the best thing. Um, and so I like structure. I like, um, I like having a plan in place. I like strategizing all of those things kind of like play into my left brain and uh played a role on why i was able to be successful within the corporate world um but i've always been very equally left and right brained and so for the right side of my brain i would feed it with creativity i painted um for a number of years i have you know i was drawn to music when i was younger i can pinpoint specific dates and time based on, you know, a song that is playing. I'm like, oh gosh, that was junior year of high school. Like, <laughs> so 
So I've always just been very influenced by the arts in general. Mm -hmm. And, um, what ended up happening was we needed to bring my husband home from work. So we had always been a two, in, uh, we had been a two income family and my husband was struggling with, um, pretty serious mental health concerns. Hmm. And it was no longer an option to keep him in the workplace that he was working in because he was basically having PTSD triggering him um, wow. consistently. Mm -hmm. And so at that point in time, our youngest was a year old and my mom had simultaneously mentioned that she was kind of over the, uh, the free labor, <laughs> the free grandparent labor, mm -hmm. and that we needed to figure out something different for our youngest um, in terms of uh, childcare while, while we were both working. And so we went ahead and made the decision to bring him home and to let him kind of uh, sink into a stay-at-home parent role and to kind of realign what he wanted to do in terms of his career, since the career that he was in previous is, was not, um, it wasn't healthy for him. Yeah. So yeah. that is what he did. He, he jumped into a stay-at-home dad role, and we needed to uh, figure out the way that we were going to make ends meet with only a single income. Mm -hmm. So it was at that point that I decided that I was going to learn how to be a photographer. And when I say that I'm, I, when I say that I made the decision to learn how to be a photographer, I mean exactly that. I had never wow. picked up a DS, DSLR <laughs> camera previous to that. I had never understood all of the basically photography rules that are required in order to be successful in composition and, and uh, creation of images. The only thing that I knew how to do was do post-production. So the retouching on the back end and the editing of the photos. Hmm. So because of my experience um, in younger years, being in you know the modeling industry and that kind of stuff, I would watch photographers edit. And I got to a place uh, where I was kind of as a hobby and sometimes uh, every once in a while, I would take on jobs to help other photographers edit. So I kind of sunk into the space of like the artistic side of things in terms of the post-production, but I had never picked up a camera before and I had not really intended to do so. But when this played out with my husband, I was like, okay, well, let's figure it out. So I actually started out doing maternity photos, um, newborn photos and birth work. Oh, wow. um, and I think that's how you and I got connected is I got connected into a birth community. And um, I, about a year into my photography journey, I realized that it did not make sense to me for me to do, to be doing births and being on call for birth work, birth photography. Uh, yeah. because I was still trying to maintain a corporate job. This was a side hustle for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had seen like little inklings of boudoir and all of that kind of stuff. And I just decided to go ahead and give it a try. And so I asked, um, I think just like a group of friends that I was connected in. I'm like, who wants to let me practice doing boudoir with them? Hmm. You know, this particular type of photography with them. And Kara, I cannot explain to you the way that this genre of photography sets my soul on fire. It was phenomenal getting to do these sessions with these women because I've always just been really, really drawn to the betterment and the empowerment of women and kind of breaking down some of the societal mindsets that we were raised with yeah. uh, because they didn't align with the person that I had become. Uh, it, they didn't make sense in my world anymore. And so I started doing boudoir sessions and I, and I literally, I cannot express to you, the moment I did a boudoir session, I took 
every other genre of photography off the table for myself. <laughs> and I only started shooting boudoir at that point because Were you like, I was this is my so home. in love. <laughs> yes. This is my yes. home. I have arrived. <laughs> right. This is my home. I am working with the people that set my soul on fire. I am watching these incredible um, shifts happen within, you know, the space and time of working with these women. And I don't even want to consider doing another photographer, doing another genre of photography that does not create the kind of experience that this creates for women. I'm like, this is my home. This is my work. So what do you see happen to the women, right? So from the moment you take them, you know, even from like the consult, right? Kind of like with me in these text messages, what is the journey that you see for women in this process from start to finish? And how, how do you see them transform? Yeah, so it's really interesting because I have noticed a lot of universal truths um, mm -hmm. that take place among the women that I end up working with. And I can tell you that absolutely 100% of the time, no woman that crosses my threshold is happy with their appearance. Yeah. Absolutely no one. Um, and isn't that so sad and heartbreaking? It is. It is. <laughs> so and it, heartbreaking. It, it is genuinely just so broken um, that regardless of how beautiful a woman is or how thin she is or how close to societal standards her body lives, there is literally no right way to exist in terms of beauty standards. Yeah. And so I have met with every, every single woman that I have met with was unhappy with their appearance mm. um, because they were trying to reach for some gold star that just doesn't exist. Right. Um, and so every woman that books with me um, also thinks that they are going to be the one woman that I can't make feel beautiful. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're like, give it your best shot, but you're not right, going like, to do it. <laughs> like just warning you, I'm not photogenic. And I'm like, okay, so you're like the 25 woman, the 25 other women that I've seen over the course of the last four months. Perfect. And I totally I'm said like, those words to you. <laughs> you're going to be my challenge. That's hysterical. Like, so, um, you know, they just, they assume that they are going to be the problem. Yeah. And, um, and, and so there's just, there's a tremendous amount of conversation that takes work, work or takes place with making women understand that they are never going to be ready for a boudoir session. Mm -hmm. What they have to do is take the leap of faith. Yeah that on the other side of this, there is going to be something that impacts them. And that is what the entirety of my role is leading up to the session, is just making women feel comfortable enough to do brave things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 100% true. And I think, and that's something you live by, right? Do brave things. That is, that is literally probably my, my, mantra and or if my business had a tagline that is what it would be because yeah. there is nothing comfortable about one of these sessions and our brains run rampant with ideas of expectations that are required of us mm -hmm. that we are going to be the the singular you know person that this doesn't work for that um you know everybody else's photos look incredible but I'm going to be a troll type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then I have a lot of women that let me know. They're like, I don't know how to be sexy anymore. Yeah. And so they have a lot of, most women have these preconceived ideas about what sexuality or sensuality looks like. Mm -hmm. And they think that they cannot be that. Well, and I think, me, go ahead. I just think we have to redefine it. Right. Yes. 100% because yep. we're given again these images, these roles, these stories of what sexy is and how to be it. And really, and what I think I've come to learn is that sexy is what 
you make it. It's how you feel. It's the way you perceive yourself and whatever gives you that sense of joy and power and delight. That's what sexy is. Yes. Sexy is not a checklist. Sexy is a mindset. Mm -hmm. And so I always, you know, I always try to make sure that clients know and understand there is zero expectation for you to be sexy according to whatever definition you've defined. Right. And, and I let them know, I'm like, if you can follow instructions, you can do a boudoir session. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it's just so much more complicated or it's so much less complicated in the actual session than what we have made it out to be in our minds. Right. Um, and so you asked me, what are, what is the shift that I experience with women? Mm-hmm. And I have a theory about what happens within a, within a boudoir session that makes it so, so impactful to our mindset. And my theory is this, we have been inundated with so much messaging throughout our lifetime about what is sexy, what is not sexy, what is sensual, what is appropriate for a woman to engage with, what is not appropriate for a woman to engage with. Mm-hmm. If you guys have seen, um, there's there's a video that has been going around that talks about like what a woman is and everything oh. is contradictory to the Oh woman. my God, I love that. I love that I video. do as well. Yes. I do as well. So we've been inundated with this messaging for so long that we have created this almost mindset within our heads that eliminates us and prevents us from recognizing ourselves um, physically, prevents us from recognizing our worth, all of our gorgeous, gooey inside bits, all of Mm -hmm. our compassion and our intelligence and our ambition and our ability to empathize and to be nurturing and all of these incredible qualities that make us profoundly amazing human beings. Yeah. But when we don't feel like we've met society's benchmark of what a woman should be, which is overwhelmingly and does, she, and does she exist? Yes, is overwhelmingly <laughs> physical. When we don't feel like we've met that benchmark, we cannot recognize all of our incredible inside gooey bits. And true. so I feel like a boudoir session opens a door where you can recognize your own individualized beauty and, and say, oh my God, I recognize I am beautiful even if it is not according to these check boxes that society has lined up for me. And as soon as you get past that threshold and say, okay, I meet the benchmark, all of a sudden you are able to recognize all of the other qualities that you had discounted previous because that benchmark was met. Yeah. And I, it's silly that women feel like they have to meet that benchmark in order to recognize all of the incredible qualities that make themselves. But I'm not saying that that's wrong. And I don't blame women for that. No, Mm -hmm. I blame society for that expectation. And I just want to meet women at that benchmark so that they can recognize all of those incredible inside gooey bits that make them so magical. I love that you say gooey butts. And I just want to say that during that entire thing that you just said, my head is going, yes. I'm just shaking my head. Yes. Yes. It's true. Like all the gooey bits. And I think that's what happened to me when I did the session because, you know, again, we look at ourselves through the lens of physicality uh, because so much of, you know, the messaging I got was my worth was looks. And, and it was like, I could never win. Like growing up, it was, I was very skinny. I was this dancer, but yet I have, have always had powerful thighs, right? And so even at a size three, people told me I had thunder thighs. Right. I was like, seriously, <laughs> I look yeah. back at pictures and I'm like, seriously, but those things define us. Right. And yes. then we're, and we're looked to take on these roles. And so it's kind of like we always look at ourselves and there's always something to fix. There's always something we don't like. And then people keep reiterating that. And now too, with uh, the industry 
with porn, women are also doing that now with their genitals and, you know, criticizing everything about ourselves. Yeah. And it's exhausting. It is just mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausting. And I just, I recognize that I have not been doing a great job being a good role model for my children with it. And for me, doing that session was just saying, you got to love yourself, like stop and you got to love yourself. And I saw myself in a different light in these pictures that you showed me. And with some of the parts that I didn't like, I saw the beauty in them. And I was like, dang, that's actually quite quite nice in my opinion. And it just, it was just a different lens and it just made me feel really great. And I remember, it's so funny. So I remember the day as we all do when we get our first period and you're going to be like, what does this have to do with anything? But I remember the day. I am here for this. I want to hear where this goes. When I got my first period and at first there was shame, right? Because we're taught to feel that. But I remember the second day when I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is it. I'm becoming a woman. And I remember going to a basketball game for my brothers and I walked in like I was the bee's knees. Like I just walked in with my head held up high with my shoulders back and I just strutted in like, yep, I am this person now. Um, which then quickly faded. Like I had, I felt one day of that, of feeling like this sense of empowerment. And then I remember walking out of your studio, feeling like that 12 year old girl who at first felt like that sense of immediate sense of power that can happen becoming a woman, right? Like women hold, I feel at a tremendous amount of power within their bodies and within yes. their brain and their soul. And often we are told to silence that and yes. to quiet it, make it still, make it small, and we get afraid of it. And when I came out of your studio, I was like walking like that 12-year-old girl into the basketball. I had a strut and it lasted for, I feel, a month. And I have to remind myself of that. <laughs> yes. But that's what that did. And I have told every single woman, I will tell you, I have told all of my friends, I'm like, you need to go get a boudoir session done. You just got to go. You just have to do it. Because I do think as women, we have to reclaim ourselves back. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you. And I tell everybody the same thing. I like, I don't even care if it's me that you come and work with, mm-hmm. be mindful, be careful about who you choose to do a boudoir session with, because yeah. it can be a make or break experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, what you're telling me is not unique. I before, like, it is frequent that the women that I work with before they see a single photo on the, after like the post-processing side of things, when they are just kind of buzzing from the actual session and all of that kind of stuff, um, you don't have to see the photos to yeah. feel the power no. that comes mm-hmm. from it because it is, it is a mindset. And do I think that the photos are important so that you can then go back and reclaim and reclaim and reclaim by, you know, putting yourself back into that situation and utilizing that physical um, affirmation. Absolutely. I think that that is a super helpful thing to do, but it is not, it is not required. So Mm -hmm. it's funny. I, um, I read this article once that I thought was so in line and in sync with what a boudoir session does. And it, it was literally an article that was written uh, by a woman who said that she was having a really difficult time feeling beautiful and, you know, feeling like she was powerful and feeling like she did not have to be meek and or minimize herself. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how someone presented her with the idea of acting and or walking like you are Marilyn Monroe, right? Mm -hmm. And it's literally just entering into a brain space where you're like, I am going to pretend 
that I am this incredible elite Hollywood, you know, person that everyone admires and thinks is beautiful. And I am going to walk as if I am that woman. Mm -hmm. And so that's what she did as an experiment. She's like, I am going to pretend that I am this woman and walk with this mindset. And she noticed herself walking straighter and she would walk with her head held high and without necessarily looking at the people who were noticing her because she treated herself as if she was this global elite so to speak. Mm -hmm. And that started shifting her mindset of herself. And she noticed that people would start noticing her yeah, in ways that they hadn't before. She would recognize that when she was walking on the street, that people would recognize that she, you know, exhumed confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is I believe what a boudoir session does is it really just creates that paramountal shift in your brain and gives you the opportunity to recognize that you deserve to, to live your life with confidence. Yeah. And so again, back to that affirmation, I am a powerful, beautiful, strong woman. And you look at the pictures and you see those types of things. But if you are able to just carry that mindset with you, it will translate in everything that you do. Well, and I think really for me, what happened with that is like, you gave me permission. Yes. You know, it was a permission to feel like myself with no apologies. Yes. And I think that's what's really important, right? Because so often, again, there's, because of those double standards, I 100% believe that women don't actually really get in touch as often with their sexual side, with their sensuality, because we are damned if we do and we're damned if we don't. And because a lot of us have been wounded and injured in those areas. And I want to say that with, with your sense of, what's the word I want to use? Hospitality, maybe. <laughs> like you were just so caring. Stubbornness, refusal. To <laughs> <be friendly. laughs> well, it was a sense of thoughtfulness and care. It was like, you were just like this mother hen who like all women need to say, honey, I'm allowing you. It's okay. You're here in this space. Let's do this, you know? And so it was a permission giving. And I think so many people need that permission. And I felt for 100% that I could just live within my skin. Like I welcomed my skin. I was living in it. And I said, let's just explore and try this out, you know? And I, and that is what, where I feel like the transformation started to happen. Yeah. There is so much of what I do that is simply holding space. Right. Absolutely. And you hold it well. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I so, appreciate that. <laughs> how has this job then transformed you? Okay. So I cannot even express to you. Okay. So within my business, I went a good portion of the time kind of acting as, as you know, this business is, is my side hustle. So I did I stayed within the corporate space for the first two years that I was in business and doing um, doing these sessions for women, taking very, very limited number of clientele, et cetera. I went through a one-year period where I was on hi- hiatus. I just simply took a break from my business because mm-hmm. I was working too many hours. It was, ha- it was tough on my family. And I cannot explain to you what happened to my soul during that period of time. Mm. I am invigorated. I receive a huge portion of my self-worth from getting to take women through this experience. Mm. It is as impactful for me as it is for the women that I work with. Every story that I hear, every woman that I hold space for, every transformation that I see invigorates and lights my soul up as Mm. well. It is a 
blessing for me. And that may be why I only do these types of sessions because like, where else am I going to find this kind of magic that lights my soul on fire while I get to help other people? Right. Um, and I, so I can't express to you the amount of just blessing that I feel from getting to be able to be um, a part of these women's journeys uh, towards reclamation of self. Mm-hmm. It is amazing on my end. That's awesome. I would, it would have to be, <laughs> you know, it oh, would just absolutely. have to be. Absolutely. And I have no problem um, recognizing that this is self-fulfilling as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's so interesting because uh, there's a lot of tumultuous history in my past. I have overcome a tremendous amount of mental health concerns. I have moved past a personality disorder. I have had a huge amount of trauma within my own life. And I did three years of insanely intensive therapy to mm. get from the, uh, from one side of this to the other. And I think what I have found is so magical with, with a boudoir session is that I feel like I watch kind of the paramountal shift that I went through over a very long, prolonged period of, of time mm-hmm. doing a lot of this introspective work. Um, and I watch a lot of my clients enter into this space where they are suddenly dealing with like the profound shift that took me a long period of time to get through within this very short space. And it yeah. really shoves them into encouragement of, um, going through this self-healing process on the other side of things mm-hmm. in a, in, in almost a snap, uh, judgment type of way that yeah. took me a very, very long period of time to move through. Um, and I will never not recommend that people continue to go through the therapeutic sources in order to do the long standing, mm-hmm. um, work that is required, like do the work, go chase your best self. But I think what it does is it, again, like you said, gives them permission to feel like they're worthy of that work. Yeah, that's the truth. And really, it's almost like you said, a snapshot, because when you're in the session and you recognize all the things you say to yourself and you recognize all the outside voices that influenced you, in a negative way. And then you think to yourself, okay, why did I allow them to have so much power? How can I change that? And what do I need to continue to work on myself to, to live into who I know I am? Yes. Right. Uh, And I think that's why you walk away with power. Yes. Because you recognize, all right, I have the ability to change. And I have the ability to be my best self and I have the right to be who I am yes. and to live into my best self. And that's why I do think, like you said, it's that snapshot because it gives you that, that momentum to be like, and I'm off, right? <laughs> like, yes. I'm going to go and I'm going to work on this. Totally. And I'm going to make it better, you know? Yeah, for sure. absolutely. And it's so interesting because I have watched so many women um, completely change course in their Mm -hmm. lives after a session takes place. And that is like where I start doing like a ridiculous little happy dance because Mm -hmm. getting that permission to feel power allows you the same permission to go and chase the life that you want and that it's okay for you to uh, give yourself permission to be the things that previous you had not given your per- yourself permission to be because mm-hmm. it doesn't fit within the mold of what you have decided is appropriate or mm-hmm. what society has decided for us is appropriate. And so I have had the incredible pleasure of watching these paramountal you know, shifts take place with my clients. And then they turn that into action Hmm. within their own lives. Yeah, that's great. 
it's huge. It's just beautiful. It's awesome. So I had another question because oftentimes, right, when we hear boudoir, sometimes people think, well, that's scandalous. Yes. Why, why should I do that? Or that's inappropriate. So how do you want people who do see boudoir as a scandalous kind of expression? What would you say about that for them? Well, I generally think that a lot of times um, people who feel that boudoir is um, a scandalous type of thing to do, mm-hmm. I think that they have tied boudoir, lingerie, sexuality, sensuality, all of those different types of things. I think that they have tied it to porn yeah. in, in many instances. And we, um, and in tying it to porn, we have run the concept, so to speak, through a lens mm-hmm. of that toxic masculinity and or patriarchal um, relationship. Yeah. And so, and I don't want to give the impression that I think that porn is bad or it doesn't serve a purpose or any of those different types of things. I don't tie judgment to those specific instances. But what I can say is that generally speaking, what women attribute and what they coincide with porn is that they tie it to this idea that sexuality and sensuality is for a man or is for a partner, you know, kind of looking at things through that heterosexual lens. Mm -hmm. And boudoir in large is not curated for the end user. It is curated for the person within that session. So that's the huge fundamental difference that I see between women who understand what boudoir has the potential to be and what they perceive boudoir to be. Mm -hmm. I do not create images, even when I am shooting for a woman who is hoping to gift these products to their significant other, to their spouse, to their husband, etc. I do not shoot that session with their husband in mind. Hmm. I shoot that session with the intention of showing the woman the power that she holds. Right. So it is not curated for the end user. It is curated for the person that is actually existing within those photographs. And I have a lot of women that will say like, oh my gosh, but I don't know what my husband will like. And my response to them is your husband is going to like whatever you show them. Yeah, 100%. Because your husband likes you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is, it's important to understand, I think, what the intention is. And with boudoir, the intention is to uplift, inspire, empower. Yeah. It is not intended to create a sexual or sensual fantasy, mm-hmm. unless that is your intention. Exactly. I am good with it. I am absolutely 100 You're like, fine. I'm here for you, yes. <laughs> what you need. Yeah. In whatever capacity that you are looking to receive, I am looking to create space for you to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And I have had clients that have told me like, Andrea, I am low key looking for this type of, um, you know, maybe... I, I just had a client, uh, a, a return client book book with me for next year. And she told me like, hey, so for this one, I think that I want to be like low-key objectified. And I'm like, all right, let's go there, girl. <laughs> that's what you're looking to achieve with this one. Because she did. It's such a contrast to her first first session where she said, we are not doing this for the male gaze. We are not. This is all about me. And mm-hmm. so such a contrast to her first session with me now in the second one because she was not comfortable with the idea of seeing her as a sexual human 
in her first session, but now she's reached this platform where she's like, no, I think I'm ready to see myself like that. Well, and because too, I think there's times, and I don't know if she is this or not, but sometimes I think when we become mothers, um, mm-hmm. we lose that sense of sexuality or sensuality because, it's you know, no longer appropriate. Exactly. And it also, it's like, you're constantly being a pot as a mom, you know, <laughs> with your kids yes. and different things and you lose some of that. And so there's like this moment, I think when you see these pictures and you're like, oh yeah, oh right. <laughs> like, this is a part of myself and there is a, yes. everyone wants to feel desired. And sometimes yes. we feel that, you know, we're visual people and we like to be seen as beautiful and we like looking at beautiful things. And so we've try that on ourselves, right? Like this is something we want to experience too. And I think that's okay. Totally. And one of the things that I have, have found really cool is that I will oftentimes hear from spouses of women that I have worked with, or I will hear something that they told their spouse, um, you know, from the women. And they tell me that a lot of time their spouses will tell them after they see these pictures, I am so glad that you did this because this has allowed you to see yourself the way that I see you. And I have Mm. always seen you and having that opportunity as a woman to say, oh my gosh, like Mm -hmm. I all of a sudden can understand the way that my husband has always expressed desire to me, but I could not like make sense of it within my own head. Like, who are you looking at? Like, why do you keep grabbing my butt? Like mm-hmm. my butt is flat or it is not, you know, up to societal standards of what a good butt should be. Like, why do you find, a, why are you attracted to me? Why are you all of these different types exactly. of things? Exactly. Oh. Yeah. We end up putting like these, these conceptualized, like, expectations in our own brain that we then push them onto our spouses, onto our partners and say, no, you couldn't possibly find me attractive because I can't find that in myself. And how many times do people say that, right? During, during their sexual experiences. Yes. And they can't be present. Sex. Sex. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so it's, again, just one more way of giving ourselves permission to let our spouses or our partners see us the way that they always have. But now we're like, okay, I'm going to allow that because I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of spoken about this a little bit already in terms of the things you, how you got into this with um, a change in your family dynamics and then working through some of your own um, mental illness and the trauma that you've experienced in your life. But overall, what have you had to reframe for yourself to get to where you are now, to be the successful business that you have created and this, and this way that you are able to help these women? Yeah. So a lot. (laughs) You're just like, how much longer do we have? Right. (laughs) Right. Um, I, I could dive in into a winding road of, you know, my own journey toward sense of self. But I think what I want, I want you guys to understand is that even though all of our stories are so different, there are so many similarities that we have dealt with. Um, I personally was raised in an extremely religious household Mm -hmm. that I feel like really broke down um, my ability to love myself Mm -hmm. because I had to fit within the mold that in my personal situation, religion created for me. And that's part of the reason why I love you so much, Kara, <laughs> is because you have held on to the religious aspects that I have literally 
completely not only stepped away from, but shoved away from. Mm. Um, and you are representation of what I believe religious religion was always intended to be. Mm. And, um, and so I've, I had to undo a lot of breaking that, that religion took place within my own life so that I could reclaim my sense of self and find love for myself. Yeah. Um, so my story, you know, has a lot to do with uh, hypersexualization from a young age, too young. And that is something that is oftentimes a vein through many women's stories mm -hmm. is, is being sexualized too young, um, not getting the opportunity to experience childhood. And then, you know, you move into this space of these patriarchal ideas that define what a woman should be. And the moment that you fall outside those lines, you're no longer appreciating of self. And I went through a tremendous process in my mid twenties where I hated almost everything about who I was as a person. Mm -hmm. And by that time I was two kids deep. You know, I had two children I with by two different men. I had a failed marriage that was extremely abusive and I had to deconstruct all of these ideas about what I was, who I was, and reframe them to become who I wanted to be. And yeah. in that process, I have found more peace within myself um, with higher power um, with the concept of God and or some higher being that has a greater plan that I can't understand. I have found more peace in that through love of self than I ever was able to find within religion. Hmm. And that I think is, has, it just is a show or a testament for me at least, as to the power that self-love brings, yeah. that you cannot have a fully peaceful relationship with higher power until you have a peaceful relationship with your sense of self. Mm. Yes. <laughs> right. Because often I feel so many times, and I'm learning this for myself too, is you can't have really the relationships that you want with your, you know, with your, your higher power, a person, another person, until you recognize you, until you love you, until you see the divine that's in you. Yes. Right? Yes. And I, I want to be clear, you are not unlovable when you do not love yourself. Mm-hmm. However, you have not reached the epitome of your power until yes. you have learned to love yourself. Standing ovation. Yes. So I, exactly. I was actually, I was talking to someone about this the other day because we were talking about how women are intended to be perceived as these selfless creatures, especially once we have entered the realm of motherhood, yes. that we are no longer ourselves. We are the ultimate reflection of the people that we care for. And so the moment that we divert our energies away from the people that we have committed to taking care of, raising, rearing, etc., that we are selfish for doing so because yes. our focus needs to be our children, our families, wholly and completely. And I reject that sentiment so strongly because I believe that we as women are constantly attempting to pour love, to pour compassion, to pour empathy into the relationships around us. But when we are pouring with an empty cup, we mm -hmm. are not providing the best opportunity for those around us. Yeah. 
so I try to maintain this idea of radical self-care, right? Like radical self-love and radical self-care. And what I mean when I say radical self-love and self-care is that I expect literally zero people to fill my cup other than myself. Mm-hmm. Because I am the only person that I can trust wholly and completely to provide that opportunity for myself. But what that does is when I complete, when I inundate myself with uh, opportunities for self-love, and I'm not talking necessarily bubble baths and girls dates with friends, though I think that those are extremely important and that we need to make sure that we are taking and carving out that time for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I am talking about doing the work. I am yeah. talking about affirmations. I am talking about finding meditative peace. I am taught whether that be scripture study and worship time so that you can sit in quiet and listen to your higher power and your self sense of self really come together in concert. Mm-hmm. Um, recognizing the parts of yourself that maybe aren't your favorite and making an active effort toward making those changes in, in, in yourself, all of that, maybe not so pretty definition of self-love where there is work, there is therapy, there is, you know, going through and, and making changes and removing toxic toxicity from your life and all of those things, that hard work. Yeah. It's getting in the trenches. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That is radical self-care. And when you fill your cup so well that it starts overflowing and spilling onto all of the people that you come in contact, whether it be your children, whether it be your spouse, they are now not just receiving the drops of compassion and empathy and care that you have left over from the last time that you poured out your cup to someone that you love, mm-hmm. they are seeing this abundance of compassion and empathy and care and um, happiness and joy. And you think that people won't recognize it, but I can tell you, I have seen those profound effects time and time again in my own life, if nothing else. When I am taking care of myself, my kids recognize the difference in me and they receive so much benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And so we need to give ourselves compassion and empathy first, not last, not like, okay, I need to put my, I need to put compassion and empathy for my children first. No, give yourself compassion and empathy for having a dry cup. Yeah. Give yourself empathy and compassion to start filling your own cup in a way that is going to allow for them to receive your best version of self, which is the kind of mother and spouse and parent and sister and friend and employee that everybody else deserves. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard, I think, for people to learn and to do that. And it's so, it's, it's like every day you have to say, okay. Like there's sometimes where even in the morning, even doing little things, this might sound silly, like brushing your teeth, washing your face, saying things like, take the time to do this. You matter. You know, like these, just even like caretaking little things. I think we have to remind ourselves like you matter. This is important. Having this five minutes of quiet to yourself before you enter into the realms of the house to do everything else. Like it matters. Like this is you need to take this time, love who you are, you matter. And I think we have to continuously say that. Yes, you matter, take the time, carve Mm -hmm. out the time. Yeah. Well, Andrea, our time is about done here, but I want to say this to you. I just want to say that I think what you do is a ministry and it may not seem like that and you may not be thinking of it in that way, but as a person who is spiritual, who's religious, to me, your work is a ministry because I feel like you had mentioned before in some of the comments you have made, you are allowing, I feel, women to see themselves as their higher power does. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I'm, 
I can't like you said that and like all my all my inside gooey bits just went oh like, yeah. <laughs> it was just like oh my gosh that is that is beautiful thank right. you yeah thank because you I think that. we have to remember like I say to people all the time right like as a sex educator when I do go into churches and I talk we talk about you know God looked at God's creation and said it is good and oftentimes we cut ourselves down and we say every reason why we're not good. Yes. And we have to remember that God was pleased. God said it was good. And we have to remember that. And your business reminds women they are good. Yes. Thank so you. Thank, thank you, you for, that. for everything. So how can people find you? Tell them about your business and the business name. Yeah. And if they are wanting to do brave things. Yes. How yes. can they do brave things? Absolutely. Okay. So you can find my website. Um, it's Andy Boudoir. So I'm going to spell that for you because boudoir is not the easiest word to spell. And I spell my nickname kind of weird. So um, I am A-N-D-I-B-O-U-D-O-I-R. So andyboudoir.com. I am also on Instagram as Andy Boudoir. And that gives you a link into the Facebook community that I run. And the Facebook community is sprinkled with my work, but the intended purpose of that group is to create community for betterment of self. Mm -hmm. So that is, I, I don't want you guys to get confused where you're seeing a whole bunch of prompts that are asking women to uh, get curious and reflective about themselves because that is the number one goal. And the secondary goal is to introduce people to my, to my work specifically. So, yes, and it's a wonderful community and you can, lots of people go to it for, for questions, for inquiries and just support. So it's a wonderful, another little wonderful thing that you are doing. So I appreciate you so much, Andrea. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for believing me worthy of uh, getting to speak on this beautiful platform that you have. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you. 